This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. What a joy to be with you again today. And uh, just to finish off this month's theme of a Christ-centered recovery and restoration. Frederick, is that not inevitable for the recovery and restoration process to be Christ-centered? Oh, it's really sooky and uh, so glad to be with our listeners uh, this evening again, and uh, a very big hello and uh, blessing from my side. Yes, Suki, it's really fundamental um, because, you know, I have seen in my, um, in my connection with uh, other recovery and support groups that it is, they say, spiritual, uh, but it's not Christ-centered. And I do observe some healing in those places and in those groups, but the deeper root healing comes only when we look at a Christ-centered program or a Christ-centered journey that real restoration and uh, is, is taking place. Mm. Mm. And it's important, you know, I think sometimes when we talk, listeners might think, Wow, they don't talk that much about Christ. And that's why it was important for for us this month to focus. Mm. Um, And once again, just to to restate that recovery is not possible from any addiction, any whether it's a process addiction, a substance addiction, any hurts or habits or hang-ups. We need Christ. Yes, and uh, just to emphasize, Suki, um, you know, there was a stage when I was at the height or acting out on my addiction that um, I thought it could only be be me and Christ. Mm. Um, And I was praying all the right prayers and I was doing harder Bible study and Mm. quiet times, Mm. but they didn't help. And, and I think that is where the other component comes in, is that we cannot heal in isolation. Mm. We cannot heal by saying, it's just between me and the Lord. It's just between me and Jesus. We need to get into safe communities where we can share, where we can experience a, a process of healing when we can share from the bottom of our heart vulnerably without judgment or condemnation and just to be able to free share, free, freely share uh, about what is happening in us. Right. That reminds me a lot of the cross, the vertical part. I think we've spoken about it often mm. in this program and the horizontal part mm. where the vertical part um, exemplifies or it actually points to a relationship with the Lord, with Christ, with God-centered. Mm-hmm. And then the horizontal part of the cross is people. Yes. Isn't that also what God says? We need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, everything in us, mm-hmm. and our neighbor as ourselves. Yes. So yes, it's almost yes. in one sentence. Hey? Mm. And like you say, mm, I think when a person wants to still fix it by themselves, there's mm. an aspect of pride, isn't that? So? Uh, yes, I can do this. Mm. And uh, it is, it's my mess and I need to sort this out. And, um, mm. and perhaps some even uh, infaultedly think that their, their spouse or their 
their partner are um, expecting them to fix this problem. And some partners may even have said, you sort this out is your, your problem, mm. you sort it out. Mm. And, uh, and then we go into denial, thinking that we can, in the sense that we can fix it ourselves and we, we are in denial that we need community, that mm. we need Jesus mm. to bring the healing. But Frederick, some people might say, you know, you need people, but isn't the Lord everything? I mean, he's the beginning and the end of everything. And mm. we're talking about a Christ-centered recovery. Mm. So why, why are people important and why, where do they come into the equation? No, absolutely, people are very important, okay? Um, to be Christ-centered, and if we look at all the programs that we've spoken about that are Christ-centered, it is with community, with a safe community, a safe community of Christ followers that are prepared to look at their hurts, hang-ups, and habits, and addictions, and have somebody else speak into their lives mm-hmm. um, through sponsors, uh, th- through sponsees, and through just connection uh, with people of your own sex. Um, so I have male friends that are not in recovery, mm-hmm. but we come together to share about what is happening in our lives mm. and we encourage mm. each other. Christian friends, right? Christian friends, yeah. No, other mm. friends are good, but Christian mm. friends are very, very important mm. in this recovery journey. And for those Christian friends, as you said, to be able to provide a safe space mm. because mm. it's so easy for us as Christians to point fingers and to say, you're not allowed to do this, you slipped again, mm. to criticize, to blame, mm. to judge. Mm. But um, for each, just to be there, to, to be a sense of containment for each other, to mm. listen to each other's pain without necessarily fixing it with a verse. Not that verses in season are not good. I have a friend that um, is very, very good at, sending me an appropriate thing where God is really speaking to me through the verses or a song or whatever. Mm. But it's as long as it's not in a fixing mode. Mm. You don't yes. the person just doesn't do it because they don't want to listen to your pain. They don't yeah. want to listen to your struggle. Mm. And now mm. they say, Oh, you know, but the Bible says this and mm. it almost mm. kind of shuts that person up. But don't we often find that in um, typical home cell groups or uh, home groups uh, and sometimes even in the, in the broader church that people want to uh, apply a verse uh, mm. and to be very spiritual to alleviate an addiction or to overcome an addiction or a hurt mm. or a hang-up uh, instead of grieving with a person that is in grief um, just to give a, a spot verse to say why they should not mm. be feeling the way they are. Right. And, and and that brings me to another point, Suki. Why is there then a need for these Christ-centered support groups? Um, and very often uh, it's rarely in the the broader church that one can share very vulnerably without mm. judgment, without uh, condemnation um, about what is happening in your life. And it's not to judge the church, but I think people just don't understand, do mm. they? Mm. Because normally if you have a problem with something 
And you think, but if you have discipline and you ask the Lord, you know, the uh, one of the um, um, the spiritual fruits from Galatians 5 verse 22 is self-control. Mm. So people would say, but, you know, it's hard for them to understand. Why can't you just use self-control and stop doing what you're doing? Mm, mm, if mm. people do not have an understanding or an experience of addiction and how cunning and baffling and powerful it could be, it's hard for them to understand. Mm. They, you know, they, and I remember in times of your addiction early, I thought, why can't you just stop? Mm. You know, mm. I prayed and prayed and prayed and I, I just thought, but God is going to help you. You're going to stop. Mm. And uh, I think with this point, we also need to say the importance of others apart from your partner to be mm. part of mm. that. Mm. Other mm. Christian brothers and sisters to walk mm. the road with you. And, Long-suffering is the word yeah, here, right? Yes, yes. Because they will probably see you falling again and again and again because recovering from addiction is a process. Mm. It's not something that happens overnight. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe people in very rare occasions, a person prays and, and it, they delivered from the addiction immediately. But so often that's not the way it works. Mm. I, I think very often in those cases they may be delivered from acting out mm. but the deeper root mm. issues those are the things that need to be addressed right. and um the character you know, yeah I, I think suki you you were talking about somebody that understands i mean usually or typically if somebody has a personal problem and they feel but i shouldn't be doing what i'm doing it may be an addiction they go mm. to the minister or the pastor or the priest and it becomes a one-to-one -one relationship mm. or a counseling. And it doesn't go into the community. And if those ministers are not able to direct those people in a specific direction where they really need a community, mm. they are not able to do that. Mm -hmm. They try on their own. And eventually the person becomes frustrated because they are not being helped mm. uh, in the deep root issues. And that's why it's important for, um, for churches maybe, to, for any pastors or spiritual leaders that are listening, to open up an, a place like that in your church, to mm. know that there are people struggling with addictions, but they're probably too scared to speak up. Mm. You know, they're scared they're going to be judged, but... If if the church could be like a safe place, like a hospital mm, mm, for mm, sinners, mm, isn't wouldn't mm, that be wonderful? Beautiful, beautiful. More churches, because mm. there are, of course, and we acknowledge and we thank those churches that are aware of these things and have programs in mm. place. But many churches struggle with this. There's a kind of a denial, hey. Mm. And next next month we're going to talk about denial and um, the the the, the this, how destructive denial can mm. be. Mm. Um, because a church is a place for sinners. It's redeemed sinners, yeah. but sinners. Mm. Let's talk more about after the break. And um, then we talk about, we give a little recap of what our guest had shared on this topic uh, during this month. Thank you, Suki. Yes, very welcome uh, listeners back. Thank you for uh, your sticking around with us. Yeah, we are actually, I am very excited to, to start sharing about um, how the Father, Jesus, and the Spirit has worked in the lives of our guests. Okay? It was so special 
to have the guests with us. Um, and on that point, I want to just remind listeners that you can listen to the podcast mm. and you can share it with anyone. You know, if you go to the podcast and you know someone is struggling, why don't you go and have a look? Um, this whole month, we've been talking about Christ-centered restoration. Mm. And next month, we're going to talk about denial. Mm. And that's a very big problem. Um where, where there's some kind of problem with an addiction, where people deny that yeah. there is an addiction. Mm, mm. And uh, if you know about people struggling with this, go to the podcast yourself when you click on. Oh, so you can go to www.kpulpit.co.za forward slash podcasts forward slash and into me see. And when you do that, you can go into any program and get the link or copy the link and send it to someone that they can listen to the mm, program. Mm. So remember that. So we're going to give you a quick overview if you missed some of the programs for this month. And then you can listen to one that you think might appeal to one of your friends that are probably struggling in this um, in this particular situation. or um, And you can forward it to them. Mm. Yes, so Suki, I am amazed to see how God is at work, mm. um, even when we think He is not at work, and I I can really testify to that in my life. He's always at work, mm. and um, if we are committed and we are focused on making Him Lord uh, of our lives and the Redeemer and the Restorer of our of our well-being and our humanity mm. then he will he is definitely at work in those situations even when it doesn't seem like it hey mm. because for all these people there were there was a time in their lives when maybe they couldn't see it it yeah. didn't feel like that mm. at all but god was busy working behind the scenes i'm just thinking now of the book of of ruth mm. uh, that is a typical example where i think the name of god wasn't mentioned at all no no it, it was mentioned in ruth i think maybe you're thinking of esther oh, where god, where god right. is not mentioned that's right. and it's a typical very good example mm. of god being at work even um, when it didn't seem like that yeah even when it didn't seem like mm. that mm. and i can really see that in the guests that we had we had chrissy and uh, we had Stella, uh, Sylvia, Sylvia, mm -hmm. and we had Pastor Ken from Hermanus. Mm -hmm. And it was just amazing to see that God is busy in their lives. Mm. Mm. And I remember Pastor Ken from Hermanus, he shared about um, the Christ-centered recovery program that they have at mm. their church mm. and how he had seen many people coming in and going through the program and really gaining a deeper spirituality. Mm. Uh, it's it's a form of discipleship yep. where mm. those people were struggling and where they got help and where many of them started experiencing victory in some of these struggles that yes. they were having. Mm, mm, mm. It's very precious, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Especially that the church had opened their doors yes, yes. to a program like mm. that. And, that they d and, and I remember he spoke specifically about the fact that they're not shy. They, mm. you know, I think many churches maybe feel ashamed to admit that there are people with addictions. Mm. But whether we admit it or we don't admit it, but most of the, I mean, the statistics tell us if you've got so many people um, 
getting together, there would be a certain percentage of those yeah. people struggling mm, with addictions. Mm, maybe mm. not an active addiction, maybe it's addiction that's forming, that's that's in the process of developing, mm-hmm, or mm. people that are stuck and they don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah, yeah. And and I think what was so good for me was to to hear how Ken was saying that actually from the foundations of the earth, from the time of the fall, Jesus was busy being predicted as our Savior, as our Redeemer, um, as our Restorer. Um, you know, in Genesis uh, 3.15, it says, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between you, your seed and her seed. You will strike your, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Saying And really talking about when Jesus comes, when the promise comes, mm-hmm that we will be able to receive healing um, from Jesus, uh, from a Christ-centered restoration and Mm. recovery program. Yeah, that's a difficult verse. eh? Sometimes people struggle a little bit to understand it, but Mm. it actually shows to the cross. It it, it shows to the cross, Mm. yeah. Mm. And then Chrissy, I I remember that that was the the third week. eh? Mm. Chrissy shared with us, how she journeyed from powerlessness um, to being able to reach out to others who are struggling with her hang-ups and habits. Mm. And uh, she's got a beautiful story. I remember that she told us about, for those listeners that maybe heard or maybe you've missed that particular program, um, she was she was an atheist, actually, when she joined a Christ-centered recovery program. Mm. She was mm. just so desperate to get rid of her hurts and hang-ups, and she didn't know what to do anymore. And because of her brother that had become part of a program like that, and she had seen the difference in his mm. life, mm. she decided to try it. And mm. she came to know Jesus as her Savior. And eventually, after she'd gone through the whole program, she's now in a position of leadership where mm. she's helping many mm. other mm. people like her. Yeah, so I think she uh, she was sharing with us that she really got to the point um, of Romans seven eighteen, for, uh, saying that for I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh, mm. for the desires to do what is good is with me, mm. but there is no ability to do it, and um, just seeing how. Uh, she had got to that point of desperation. Mm. And we often talk about, especially in AA, they talk about the gift of desperation, Mm. where she said, I cannot any longer on my own. I'm powerless. I've tried Mm. to change. I need something else. Mm. And and that is when she joined the Christ-centered program and eventually came to know the Lord as Mm. her Savior and as her Lord. And isn't that beautiful that also the next verse in Galatians 6 verse 1 had mm. become part of her testimony because then it says, yeah, brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, you are spiritual, should restore such a person with a gentle spirit watching out for yourself so you don't, won't be tempted. Mm. Because in those Christ-centered groups, people journey with each other and mm. have an opportunity to share some of their struggles. Mm. And in that know that that they get correction mm, uh, mm. in a very gentle way, but for people to help them. And not only correction, not only telling them it's wrong, but how to move away from that mm. and how to 
to, to start walking in a different road. What, you know, what is so uh, precious for me with regards to those uh, programs, the Christ-centered programs, Suki, is that as other people share, we, uh, we see what has brought changes in their lives. Mm. And then we can say, oh, but that could be applicable to me as well. Right. And you embrace that. Mm. So that is how the growth takes place in community. Mm. Um, so we are not there to fix one another or to point each other in a certain direction. Each person shares mm. vulnerably mm. from their own lives. That's and true. the others that are listening learn from that. That's and, true. And change starts mm. taking place in in the listener's ears. Correct. Nobody will say to you, listen, but when you hear people talking, you identify. It's exactly mm. like we mm. say. And then last week, we shared, uh, Sylvia shared with us, and that was such a beautiful story. It's a, she's a mom, and she's got two kids. And uh, she's actually from um, Madagascar. And uh, so she shared how coming to South Africa as a foreigner and how difficult it was and how lonely she was and how she struggled in the church. And when she started this Christ-centered recovery program, how that really, really helped her to let go of her hurts and hang-ups to such an effect where her husband, who stopped going to church, actually had gone back to church Mm. and that her children started becoming a testimony to their friends. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, lovely story. And I remember, Suki, she was uh, telling us, I don't know whether it was in the program or before, that um, there was a stage where she wanted to stop going to the Christ-centered program. Mm. And her husband said, please don't stop. I like the changes that are happening in you. Yes. And, um so it's it, 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 it's Christ work. Mm. Um, mm. So even sometimes, perhaps Sylvia didn't recognize the changes that were taking place in her own life, but the other people could see those changes. Mm. And and I think that is really where the best change takes mm. place. Because if we start seeing. Uh, and focusing on our own change, mm. uh, we could start becoming maybe a little proud to mm. say, I'm busy changing. Or we say that we're changing, but nobody else can see yes, it. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then we yeah. are actually in denial. And right. that's what we're going to talk about next uh, next month. Yes. So, Frederick, um, just before we wrap up this program, um, how have you seen the Christ-centered recovery working in your own life? Sure, Suki. Um you know, I experienced quite a bit of change as I was attending other groups that mm. were not Christ-centered, um, and there was a lot of change. Groups that help people you in your addiction, yeah, right? Yeah, that, mm. that mm. follow the 12 steps mm. um, that we to- often talk about. Mm. But when I started the Christ-centered uh, recovery program and recovery groups, there was exponential change. Um, I can really see how God is removing my defects of character, uh, one of them being toxic shame. I mean, there was a stage in my life where anything, just about anything, could trigger me into a downward spiral of toxic shame. Maybe just explain to the listeners. And so toxic shame is when I, I start believing a negative um, thoughts about myself. 
and they become a reality. And then there is a downward spiral of negative thoughts and a negative self-worth and eventually getting to the point where I, I would say, I, I used to say, I am a defective human being. Mm. I am a flawed human being. Mm. That is uh, the toxic shame. And a person would say, but why would you think that? I mean, mm. you're a Christian. You know Jesus died for your sins. Yes, and he said that he died for our shame. Mm. But I have seen how he has busy changing that. So Uprooted when, that. Hey. Busy uprooting that, uh, that shame. Mm. And where I can really see now that Christ had died for my shame. Mm. And I don't need to go into that toxic shame spiral, Isn't downward that spiral. glorious, hey? Listeners, uh, it was wonderful being with you. We're going to say goodbye to you. Remember... Um, uh, you can write to us and we would love to hear from you. If you're struggling with any of these things that we're talking about, if you benefit from the program, Frederick Suki, one word, Frederick without a C, it's just a K, Frederick Suki, one word, at kpulpa.co.za. Till next time, God bless. God bless. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.